wasn't. Whoa, the volume. It's high. Let's fix these here. Solo boxeo te cate. Oh, man. Is my soundboard working? Ultimate power. Yes. How are you? I'm back. Are you ready? Guys. Your boys. In the term. Look at you know what I mean, dude? Straight up. Straight up. Shred Zeppelin, dude. What's some other ones? Shreddy Wop. Shreddy Kruger. Gandy. They're all bro science. He, he came up with all of them. I can't even come up with any more. Um... Danger things. <laughs> so stupid. Anyway, I'm in. I'm. 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 I. This is what the frick is going on, dude? My shout out to Crystalia and the the dang King speech. Give that guy an Emmy. So, um, dude, I've been in the gyms. I've been in the jams, getting the work in. And uh, I find so I took a little bit of time, right? For those of you who don't know, used to be personal trainer. So I, uh, you know, I know what I'm doing. I took a little bit of time, kind of got the rust off. Kind of got the you know the the um, the doms right delayed onset muscle soreness, kind of got that under control, um, you know feeling good feeling great, <clears throat> but I I needed a plan I needed a plan I needed a road map to Mount Bicepius. And so what I decided to do was make myself a little workout plan. And I'm real pumped on it because it's freaking dope. So years ago, I made a workout plan. I made like this six-week workout cycle. So it's like uh, it's it's geared for strength, but it's like a power bodybuilding kind of deal. So it's strength and size, but it's really geared towards strength. But you know what they say, big chest, big bench. A big a big chest makes a big bench, and a big bench makes a big chest. So, you know, which came first? The big chest or the big bench? Nobody knows. So, yeah, I'm pumped on this workout. Um, I, I, I programmed it all up. This great app, this really great app called... Uh, I think it's called Work It. Let me just double check. I'm not getting this wrong. Yeah, it's called Work It. And uh, it's got a big exercise selection in there with like, you know, little examples of stuff. You could program your own workouts in there, track your rate, your your weights, rep sets, 
all that stuff, track your volume. I'm, I'm, I'm pumped on it. I'm so pumped on it right now. So, uh, yeah, basically here's the idea. I'm going to give you all some inside tips again, dude, look, your boy has done a lot of stuff. So I got insights to give you that you didn't even see coming. So here's what the plan is. It is a push pull legs variation. And some people do this. Um, I, I've, I'm, I didn't come up with this. Um, but at the time I did, right? So I made this years ago, probably five or six years ago. I came up with this. I was using it with my clients. And I hadn't heard of it. I had only heard of push-pull legs splits um, then. And so I came up with my own version of it for myself, but I wasn't, I didn't have the time at, at, at that time to stick to the plan. So I just made it. I had other people use it. Um, and it goes like this, your push movements, not muscles, movements, pushing movements, uh, day one. So that's your tricep extension kind of movements. Your bench press is a push shoulder press is a push. And that's really it. So you got overhead, shoulder, chest, triceps. That's really it. Flies technically is pulling, but it's whatever. So, um, Then uh, the the focus on, and then the, the the that's push then pull is all of your pulling muscles. That's a that's a that's a that's a longer day. You got a lot more pulling muscles and motions than you do pushing. So you got your biceps. You got your I don't do rear delts, but your your lats, um, your lats, your uh, rows for for your mid back, um, lateral raises, front raises all that sort of thing for the, the pulling motion of your shoulder. Um, forearms if you're, you know, gay. And then what else? Uh, I think that's it. So the, um, yeah, so then legs is, legs is legs, but no squats, no squats. So when you bench, no bench. I mean, on the push day, no bench. On the pull day, no, you can do bent over rows, no deadlifts. And then on legs, no squats, no deadlifts. Here's why. You take one rest day. Then you do a bench squat deadlift day. So it's again, another push, pull-ish, legs-ish uh, split. It's a variation on it though. So the push-pull legs, the first three days, are geared toward volume. So you're doing high reps, slow pace, intensity, um, short rest periods. You're just trying to pump the muscle up and just tax it to the max. You're just trying to put in reps times sets times weight, but moderate weight. You're trying to do the most reps, most sets, and, and keep a moderate amount of weight. You just really want to get the volume in there, really get a lot of blood flow, full range of motion, real tight squeeze, good mind-muscle connection, really focusing on if I'm doing a pec deck or I'm doing some incline press that I'm really focusing on squeezing the chest up through the motion, uh, you know, up through the range of motion. I'm not just moving with my triceps, that kind of deal. So really, really focused. And then that's same for the push and the legs, uh, the pull and the legs day. Legs is just all um, high rep, 
really intense, short rest periods, nice, slow, controlled movements of like leg extensions, uh, leg curls, lunges, I don't know what else, like kettlebell swing, goblet squat, all that kind of deal. And then you take your rest day. So it's already been now four days since you did chest, and then you're going to do your bench day. Now, your bench day is focused around strength on the bench. So this is your power day. Um, You're focused really on just warming up your rear delts and maybe your tricep if you got bench elbow, and uh, you get in there, and you are focused on just doing the bench. And we're focused on going heavy. So we're doing three to five reps, six to eight sets. Um, If you're on the five rep range, or yeah, if you're on the five rep side, you're doing six sets. If you're on the three rep side, you want to get to do the eight sets. Um, Even still, that's the, 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 the weight is going to be the equaling factor because you're still, if you do three times eight, you're only at 24 as opposed to six times five, you're at 30 reps. So you're losing six reps, but the weight should increase to compensate for that volume differ for the, for the rep difference. So anyway, it's a force production day. You're just trying to just slow control down and explode up. You're working on the strength of the bench, and then you work accessory movements after that, things that strengthen your bench specifically. So if you get stuck on the bottom half of the rep, you do some pause bench. If you get stuck on the top half of the rep, you do some spoto press or something, some partials, board press, those kind of deals. Um, I like doing wide grip pause. Um, You can do some guillotine press. Um... Incline, close grip, whatever it is. So the next movement right after that is something to support your bench. And then uh, it could be banded reps, could be chain reps. Um, Then you go right into, from that, uh, into just supporting exercises. Rear delts, um, front raises, uh, some, some skull crushers for some just good tricep work helping to lock out the tricep or tricep, uh, you know, really, really close grip uh, bench or um, like uh, dumbbell uh, in the neutral position. So you, you get that, that, that middle chest, whatever it is. So you get your supporting movements. Same for leg day now. So it's, it's bench, squat, deadlift after that. So then you go into your squat day and that's just going to be heavy squats, um, as heavy as you can take it. I've got a back injury. I can't go super heavy, so I have to stick in the 8 to 10 reps. So it's squats. And then what is going to help you with squats? So either bench squats after if you get stuck on the top half or some pause squats if you get stuck in the hole. Um, then you go right into, uh, I don't know, stuff that helps you with your your bench. So good mornings. Um what else do we got? Some some close grip, uh, close stance, um, Smith machine squats or leg press or, you know, you just go into some supporting movements um, to work on, even some stretching to get into some ankle mobility, that kind of deal. So you get your supporting movements after that. It's really focused around the squat though. And then your deadlift day, that's where you're just banging out deadlifts. Um, it's heavy, 
you're still working in that three to five rep range for me again back injury have to be careful i'd probably stick between the five to eight rep range or five to seven rep range um and then you know six sets we'll see how i feel um i did some deadlifts a couple weeks ago and i just jumped right into 225 which you know i hurt my back with less um most i've done is 315 i'm very weak lower body so but i've i've Felt really good on 225, just jumping right into it without having done it in years. So hopefully I can jump back into that and get my strength back um, and and easily go over 315, I think. I think I got it. By the time I'm done with this, I'll have it for sure. Um, So yeah, you get your deadlifts down, maybe uh, some... um, barbell hip thrust and some kettlebell swings and some stiff leg deadlifts or something dumbbell deadlifts just to really work that posterior chain and then you have another rest day and then you're back and it's been four days since you've benched you go right back to a push day and you just repeat so you have your high volume days and then you have your um, strength days and i'm just so pumped on it i'm so pumped on it i did i think the one that I made for myself was a slower peak because I had to train more infrequently and at more variable times when I first made the program because I was training. So my training times were all over the place. So I think mine was eight weeks and I made it like four or five weeks in and I benched 225, which I'd never even touched um, my whole life. I did bench 225 uh, for two reps uh, one time uh, about five weeks in. So, and that, that was not even my peak week. My peak week would have been the seventh week would have been my actual test your one rep max. That's how this whole program is supposed to go. I'm not really running it quite that way, um, but it's supposed to like increase up to a tested one rep max of your bench squat and your deadlift. And then you deload uh, the following week. So you do like a five week peak and then uh, you peak in week five and then week six, you, uh, you, you go down and just do a deload week, just like a recovery week. And then you can repeat, you know, oh, with, a, with a new base. So, yeah, I'm so pumped on it. I'm really pumped on it. <sighs> yeah, it's a good time. Dude, f- fitness has been something, man. It's a, it's a thorn in my side for a lot of reasons. Um, I've always been really, really thin. Very, very lean, very muscular for how lean I am. Um, it's not like skinny fat or anything like that. Like I got legit, I got, I got le- 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 legit uh, muscle fibers going on, dude. Um, but size, I don't eat enough. I don't eat a lot. Um, I just get too locked into other things. And on top of that, my metabolism is super fast. So even what I do eat is not enough. I have to make like to maintain my calories is like almost three three thousand calories just to maintain what I've got, and it's very difficult for me to get three grand in a day. Very very difficult. So I sit right in like the the one eighties. I've never gotten to one ninety. I think maybe once I jumped to like one ninety one for like eight hours. And then was was back down into the 180s. And it's just so hard for me to to eat that much or eat that consistently. Um, like I didn't eat breakfast today. So just 
yeah, I just don't have my, I don't have my days down to a, a routine yet. So I have to get, that's the thing with me. And this is, you got to know yourself. You gots to know yourself. I don't have a routine down. I, I envy so much people that do the same thing every day or have the same week every week. I love repetition. There's a sense of, of control. I think that's what I'm envious of is this is is the 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 control over your life. I I want that. I want to be able to repeat my days so I know that I have control over them. I have control over what is happening in my life. So often I feel like life is happening to me and I'm just going with whatever whatever the wave is. You know, like I'm just a boogie board in the ocean and I'm just whatever happens, happens. I'm just a piece of, you know, material in the in the waves and I'm just whatever the waves do is what happens. I want to be the rudder. I want to be the, the bow of the ship that just cuts through. The wave breaker that just cuts through or the 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 post of the pier that just the the the, the um, seawall that just nothing it just doesn't affect but i, I want to be moving so i actually i want to be moving to my destination so it's not a good i want to be the, the the bow of the ship that just i don't know if it's the bow but the part in the front that just cuts through the waves that's what i want to be and i'm not that i'm trying to be so yeah i feel like life just happens to me and yeah, if I wake up, you know, I'll go to bed too late and I don't, you know, I got the nose strips, but I don't put them on. I never ordered a face mask to keep the the, the the brightness out. I go to sleep too late. I wake up in the middle of the night. I'm eating snacks and whatever, I, you know, I'm not doing the things that I need to do to make sure that I sleep good. And then I wake up and I'm groggy. It's too late. I just want to sleep in a little bit. I don't eat my. I don't leave enough time to eat breakfast before I start work. And then I start work, and then by the time I do have time to make a protein shake or something, it's too close to lunchtime. So I either have to make the protein shake or be hungry. If I make the protein shake, I won't eat all my lunch. If I don't make the protein shake, I'll be so hungry by the time I eat lunch that my appetite is kind of ruined. I can't eat as much when I'm starving as I can when I'm just ready to eat. So, yeah, I just end up messing myself up all the time. And then, you know, I'm not thinking about dinner. So then dinner comes along and it's like not what it should be. It's just something thrown together. Who knows what the calories and the macros are. And then, yeah, the whole rest of the thing is just, it's not it. So, yeah, I got to, I'm envious of people that just have it down to a science. And not even that like every day is down to a science, but like they're weak. They just have their routine. I'm so envious of a routine. I love routines. I wake up every morning. I have my coffee. I do, you know, my morning meditation or prayer or whatever it is. And then I start my work day. You know, I get the kids ready. I do this thing and I do that. And I go to work and I do this thing and then I get off work and I go for a walk. And I did, and they just have their whole day down, you know? Ah man, I'm envious of that. I want to I want to do that. I want to have 
my process down. I need it. There's no, that's the only way I make progress in anything. I can't, I'm not a go with the flow and make progress guy. I'm just not. So I gotta, I gotta get the, the thing down. And it's tough because like me and Jade are not the same person. We don't, I want the routine. Jade does not want a routine. I don't think like she likes to just like, let's just go. And I'm like, no, man. Now, let's just go do something fun. Like, now, I want to plan that. I want to plan to do the fun thing. Sometimes it's nice to just get out of the house, but after I've done all my stuff, that's, I, I, I just, the, I need order. I need order. Ugh, I need order. So, yeah. Hopefully, I'm moving in that direction. I'm trying to. Because I, I really want to make progress with this workout plan. Really do. I really want to. I'm hoping that I can rinse and repeat this every, you know, progress up every month. And the first week, it'll be off. But like the whole month, and it's off already because I'm starting like mid-month. Um, but progress up for four weeks, maybe five weeks. And then, you know, relax for one week and then repeat the thing and hopefully by the end of the year I made some significant progress we'll see we'll see I've been on an up and a down battle with uh with with this but started grocery shopping at a new store pretty pretty excited about some of the gains that can be made there it's funny there's a um there's a grocery store here in Florida, that's uh, it's called Winn Dixie, and it's historically trash. But they've recently upped their game, you know, in the last few years, and they're a lot cleaner, a lot higher quality. But I used to work at one, and man, I used to run this joint, dude. I used to run, me and the boys. Whoa, me and the boys freaking ran, ran that joint. So I started off at this one store. In um it's like uh it was a, a bigger store, I think, at the time. Um one of the one of the more busy locations. And I was there, you know, and I, I was just kind of minding my business kind of deal. I would come in, I just started dating Jade. Um, so I was trying to not be there as much as possible. So, you know, I'd show up, there's this dude who was like mad stoner all the time, me and him were baggers, and we, you know, I was, I sometimes cashiered, um, and, uh, yeah, I was just, I would, I would go in, I would do the chores at the end of the day, and I'd always be like, what was that guy's name, man? John. Says, dude, John, he was just always like, oh, I don't want to be here. I'm like, bro, I don't want to be here either. I tell you what, um, let me, he never wanted to do the bathrooms or the trash. There was like other stuff to do. So I'd always be like, yo, I'll do bathrooms, trash, and you cover my last 30. You want to trade? So we'd like trade. He'd be like, he would always have the shift that left early. And I'd be like, I'll leave early. 
you do the bag, I'll do the, I'll do the, the nasty chores. He's like, oh, sick, dude. So he'd pick up an extra 30. I'd get off 30 minutes earlier, an hour early, and I'd be out of there. But one day, I walked through the back room, and there was a guy back there. Um, he was sort of a quieter guy. I never really seen him interact with anybody. I'd see him like joke around with some people um, here and there, but he was always just kind of to himself. And so I go back there, and we would, you know, make a wisecrack at each other every now and then. And but the wisecracks kind of turned into some pretty funny banter back and forth. He was my boy, man, Chris. Dude, he was so funny. So the banter would go back and forth, you know. We we start, you know, getting to know each other a little bit, and uh, then he transferred. To, no, 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 no. Hold on, it's it's way better than that. Hold on, I forgot. He left to go to law school, and I was like, "Oh man, dude, we're losing one of the good ones, man." All right, well, good luck at law school. So he goes to law school, and he freaking leaves, like drops out, like so early on <laughs> he was there for only like a couple months and then he shows back up and i'm like hey man what's up dude he's like oh yeah it just wasn't for me i'm um you know i'm going back to school and gonna figure something else out i was like oh cool man well um it's gonna be good working with you again he's like i'm not gonna be at this store i'm actually coming back and working at a different store close to where i lived in Oviedo. i was like oh dang man that's the store i'm always trying to get to he's like oh well I'll let you know if something opens up. You should come. You should come work over there, dude. We can be like old times. I was like, dude, that'd be sick. So, a few more months goes by, and finally, I I'm able to transfer. I'm able to transfer stores. I put the word in. They do the thing. They make it happen. I moved to this store. Now, this store I believe just got remodeled when I got there, so it was nice. It was like one of the nice stores. We got like new uniforms and stuff. It was tight. So, dude, <laughs> by the time I get there, Chris has already established himself as like the guy at this store. He's He makes really good friends with uh, the grocery manager, Robert. And <laughs> Robert was the dude he we made so he was just a punching bag for so many jokes but he also made so much fun of me because i was good at joking but i was also a, a really good target because i was just this tall lanky goofy guy that was like homeschooled and whatever so dude he'd make so many Funny jokes, dude. At my at my racial expense, at my mom's expense, at <laughs> my dad's expense. I mean, it didn't matter, bro. He was freaking trashing me all the time, and I would trash him all the time. It was so much fun. So me, Chris, and Robert, we ran that store, man. It was so much fun, and we would we had so much fun that other people wanted in on the fun. So then there was this guy there who wasn't there very often. He worked in the dairy department. His name was Gavin. And this dude, I remember the first time I saw him, the first time I ever saw him, 
um, Chris had told me, he's like, dude, you got to meet this dude, Gavin. You'd love him. He's super funny, super random, crazy, crazy guy. I was like, oh, sick, dude. So I meet him and he's got this Clark Kent kind of vibe. He's a half Asian, half white. And I think it was like maybe half, I don't want to say what he was, maybe Japanese. I don't remember. But uh, he wore like those Clark Kent glasses and his, you know, the thick brown hair kind of like, you know, whatever. He just had some, he's had some Superman vibes to me. And, uh, bro, the first time I meet him, he opens the back doors and his eyes, the whites of his eyes are blood red. I was like, whoa, dude, what's, whoa, you all right? He's like, yeah, man, I, uh, I was scuba diving in my mask depressurized and crushed my eyeballs. Couldn't see for like three days. I was like, whoa, they were not kidding, bro. They were not kidding about you, man. You are wild. And uh, yeah, dude, he shared so many crazy stories about just, yeah, he was just wild. So, uh, so Gavin eventually, you know, there's a lot of just everybody just happening, happening to be in the back room. A lot of banter going back and forth, a lot of fun stuff, a lot of stories, a lot of just making fun of each other, making fun of the store manager, Brant, with his freaking wide hips. <laughs> Dude, this guy looked like dollar store Val Kilmer, bro. It was hilarious, bro. We found out that uh, Brant had a, had a Snapchat, dude. Oh, my God. The hilarity that ensued. This guy was the punching bag. Um. He's just like big chipmunk cheeks. Man, dude, this guy was hilarious to make fun of. And he also was pretty good at dishing it too, every once in a while. So, <laughs> man, how do you get these jobs, bro? Like, it's so fun. Um, then there was a guy in the bakery. There was a guy in the bakery. And he was part-time, and but he was working more and more. And he was cool. He was, he was a cool guy. Rare, rarely ever saw him. Rarely ever saw him. But walked by every once in a while. What's up, dude? What's going on? And I remember that he... I don't know how it came up. I don't remember how it came up. But somehow music had come up. Somehow. And... Uh, Oh, you know what it was? You know what it was? I got to back up because there's another guy. There's another guy, Jordan. My boy, Jordan. Dude, this kid was the stud, bro. He was so handsome. Still is. So handsome. Just all white, blonde hair, blue eyes, just nothing but white goodness. And uh, such a nice guy. We had started... I had... Talked to him a few times because he was like, he was a cool guy, man, you know? He was just a nice, kind of nerdy, but kind of not nerdy at the same time. Like, kind of smooth at the same time. He was cool. So, um, and the, and like two of the hottest girls there at the at the place were like, he was kind of trying to get with them. So, it was just kind of, it was, it was fun to watch. To just be like, oh, you're going to get it. You're going to get it. So, uh, I, I, me and Jordan... Uh, we it, music had come up between us. We both liked like the same kind of John Mayer, you know, kind of uh, music. Um, I think Chris had told me of about him doing music. So we had hung out a few times. 
um, you know, played some tunes, you know, talked a bit. We came over, he recorded a, a little song with me one time. It was, it was cool. And I'm pretty sure he told me that the guy in the bakery, KJ, was a drummer. I was like, oh, sick, dude. So I went and I talked to KJ. Maybe Chris told me this. I don't remember. Anyway, talked to KJ. And I was like, hey, man, I heard you uh, heard you, you you do the drums. He was like, yeah, man. Yeah, I got a I got a full kit. I'm like, what 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 kind of drums? Right. What what do you do? He's like, oh, I like everything, man. I like, uh, you know, metal. I also like uh, reggae. I was like, reggae. What? He's like, yeah, man, I'm 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 in everything. Got a little firecracker, Tom. I was like, oh, sick, dude. I'm like, we should jam sometime. He's like, bro, bring your stuff over. So I bring my stuff over his house, bring my guitar. And, uh, you know, he's like, what do you know? And I'm like, I, you know any Lamb of God? And he was like, do I? I was like, oh, sick, dude. Here we go, dude. So we start shredding some uh, some, uh, some grace, some, uh, what's the other one? Uh, dead seeds, a set to fail. You know, we start jamming it out we're getting into it so me and kj become buds dude buds uh but he stayed in the bakery i think he, he eventually moved to we we got moved all over departments because people there was like the fun group and there was the not fun group and uh yeah things were just always shifting around there was a guy Oh, there was a guy on our team. Dude. dude, this was so crazy. I dude, I gotta share the Windixie legacy and, and the saga, dude. It was so wild. There's a guy, an old guy there, who's on the grocery team. So I got hired. I went straight to grocery, which means you kind of just work the store and back. So me and Chris are both on grocery. Um, I believe. KJ was still in the bakery. Jordan worked the produce section. Um, and there was like this old lady that worked at the seafood department. There's a really weird guy named Gerald that worked in the uh, the deli. Oh, man. That dude was weird. But anyway, so there was this old guy on the grocery team named Bob. Good Good old Bob, dude. So I'm talking, I mean, Bob was always just like, he would, he was, had such a dry sense of humor and he was always complaining about stuff, always, but his complaints were so funny and it was just fun to listen to him whine and complain about the job. He'd be like, Bob, why are you here? <laughs> leave. He's like, I can't leave. Freaking stupid kids and all blah, blah, blah. I got kids in my house always talking about like crazy stuff that happened at his house and find like catching, you know, uh, you know, all teenagers, um, you know, catching people doing, you know, the deeds, you know, and, and, and all the kinds of just hullabaloo happening at this man's house all the time. So I'm looking at the schedule one day and I go, uh, who's working about, I see Bob's last name, not going to say what it is. See his last name, and I said, I, I, "I, you know that meme where like the lady is, and she's got all the calculations, or the one with like Zach Galifianakis, and he's got all the calculations going on." I'm like, "Hold on a second, I know that last name, I know that." <gasps> oh my gosh, I know who this guy is. I raced to the back room, I said, "Bob, 
do you have a girl named Taylor living with you? And he said, yeah, you know her? I'm like, that's my ex-girlfriend. He's like, he starts going ham on her, dude. Just talking about all, dude, just totally trash. And I'm like, dude, she's a mess, isn't she? Wow, dude, you are so unlucky. I can't, he's like, you gotta be kidding me. You, you're the one, you're Charlie, the one she's always talking about. Yes. He's like, wow, dude. It was like the stars aligned, man. And he was immediately so much nicer to me because he just knew we both suffered. We both suffered. So he, she, my ex-girlfriend, my first girlfriend was living with him. She was good friends with his daughter and her, my girl my first girlfriend's parents i think they moved to another state but they let her stay to finish high school or something and that was i mean she was a mess so she took all that and then you know his family you know everybody's got their own issues and stuff so it was just like a very messy situation but it was a bonding thing for me and bob i loved bob and then he shot himself i said why it was terrible so sad so we got more people i think kj moved to the grocery team and that is when the fun leveled up now so kj was kj was pretty decent at the trash talking, but it was more just saying things to make him laugh was funny. And then, then another friend of mine got hired at that store. Um, Christian dude, this guy was another stud, man. Good looking guy, real fit did like, I think he did like jujitsu or something like that. And he worked out a whole bunch Real nice guy, real stra- strapping young lad. He worked in the meat department um, for a bit, but we were so shorthanded in the grocery department. Uh, so he would come over and work in the grocery department. So me and Christian would be tearing it up. So it was just a whole good group of us, man. Me and Chris and KJ and Robert and uh, and Christian. And there was this other dude, Nick, and he was just crazy looking. Gavin would pop in every once in a while. And it was just a good time. It was just a good time, man. We would just be so, so many jokes, so much fun stuff, just making fun of everybody in every department uh, customers. There was a, a little, uh, a little guy from Ecuador. Was it Ecuador? Guatemala? I think, no, Honduras. I think he was from Honduras named, uh, Edwin. Dude, I loved Edwin. He was so nice, dude. He would just be like, you know, I mean, they just here to work, you know? Uh, he, he, he would, we would try to do all the jokes. He'd be like, yeah, no, man, I, I don't know what you're talking about. No, I mean, I just, you know, I'm here. I do the work. I was like, all right, Edwin. All right, dude. Freaking love you, dude. He was just so nice. He was so nice. He'd go out to eat with us sometimes. But then, no, man, they just eat here. Nah, I eat here, man. It's okay. He's, we would try to get him like, come on, like, come on, dude. We're going to Wendy's. And then, no, no, I, I eat here. And and at one time we got him. Like, come on, Wendy. come on, Edwin. We're going up. We're going to, uh, I think we took him out to get a, uh, 
I think it was Wendy's. I mean, come on, Edwin, let's go. So finally he came out with us and it was just like, you're one of us, man. You're one of the boys. And then, um, oh, there was another, there was a big guy that came and started working with us one time. Oh man, I don't remember what his name was. I don't remember what his name was, but, uh, we went to, um, we went to, uh, it wasn't Popeye's. What was the other one? Bojangles. Dude, we would go to Bojangles, right? Get them chicken sammies to just get carbed and proteined up. And um, we went and he, we, <laughs> dude, I've never gagged so hard in my life, dude. This guy bites into a chicken tender and it's got like ranch and all that nasty stuff on it. I'm about to gag right now. I don't like white sauces. I don't know if if it's it's a psychological thing because I don't think they actually taste bad, but it's just white sauce. I don't know, man. It maybe it's reminiscent of something that I also have an aversion to. So I don't know, but I don't like it. So it just it's already gross. And he bites into it and he and he's like, oh, what? And he spits out, and the chicken is raw. Oh, so gross, dude. I'm like. He's gagging. It's disgusting. Good times, man. I don't remember what that guy's name was. But anyway, the place was so wild. Somebody else shot themselves too. I think the seafood lady shot herself. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Dang. Dark. Very dark. Then I started working in the seafood department after her. And um, that sucked. I, just, I, just, I have a shellfish allergy, so sometimes the... The, the um the shrimps would poke me and I would get my hands would get all swollen, but um yeah man oh I would do the announcements. Thank you for shopping at the at the at your neighborhood Winn Dixie. Um, today our sales on seafood are headless shrimp, four ninety nine a pound. You can get it seasoned. Before you leave. Thanks for shopping at your neighborhood Winn-Dixie. So yeah, it was fun. I would do that. Oh, I would do it when the, the store, like director, like the, the big, you know, regional director would come in. I don't remember what his name was. Lance? Vance? Lance. Mm, Kirk. I don't remember. I don't remember. But he would come in and I would do that. Whole, Thanks for shopping at your neighborhood Winn-Dixie. And he'd be like, who said that? Like, that was me, man. He'd be like, I like you. So thanks. He's like, you know who I don't like? Brant. <laughs> Store manager. No, I'm just kidding. Brant was cool. Um, dude, oh man, bro. Barry came in, bro. Barry was just this, he was just uh he was just a salt and pepper god. Uh, assistant store director bro oh and then martin bro my boy martin came in dude oh i don't know what he did what did martin even do he was some other some other assistant manager or something so it was like a grocery manager there was assistant grocery manager tom and tom would just rode a scooter and he had just his brown locks in the wind man he was just such a surfer guy but then martin what the heck did Martine do? Maybe he was like merchandise director. No, merchandise manager or something. I don't know. I don't even know what he did. I have no idea what he did. 
I don't think anybody knows what he did. <laughs> but Martin, Martin would get in on the roast too, man. We'd just be flaming each other, dude. Martin was just this, he was, I don't even know what he was. He was like racially ambiguous uh, from the look. Um, and he just had such a dismal outlook on life, but was so happy at the same time. He just, everything he said, even if it was negative, was with a smile. Oh, I love Martin, bro. Oh, man, such a good time. We had so much fun there. So much so that me and Chris, me and Chris hung out a lot. Um, not a lot, but enough. And um, we would go out with Rob, me, him, and Rob. We, we, we hung out quite a bit outside of work. Go bowling. Um, we'd go to Buffalo. Oh, and there was Chris. Dude, Chris was so freaking handsome was so handsome and he was he was dating this dime dude and he was thinking about moving in with her and I said I remember I was standing on the cereal aisle with him I said Chris listen to me <laughs> I shouldn't have said his name never mind cut all of this out there was this other Chris <laughs> he told me that he was thinking about moving in with her and I was like don't do it don't do it she's too hot it's going gonna, it's gonna to take the relationship to the next level. And if you're not ready for it, don't do it. Just don't do it. He did it anyway. Things didn't work out. I'm telling I, I, I'm just, just looking at her face. And all I saw was, uh, you know, just show me a, a picture of her, you know, or high, uh, college, you know, whatever. I don't know what school they were going to. He just had a picture of him with her. And he's like, this is her. I was like, bro, I already know. She's going to want to take it to the next level. It's going to be long-term. It's going to be commitment. It's going to be engagement. It's going to be all that. Don't do it. So, you know, it lasted for a few more months, maybe a year. I don't know. And then, um, yeah, he just wasn't ready. And, bro, it was so tragic, man. I felt bad for him. She, she, she dumped him. And then she got proposed to during a basketball game that he was watching on TV. And he was out with his boys, I think. I could have been lied to because I didn't hear the story firsthand. I'm just sharing hella rumors right now. But man, dude, that guy was so handsome. I hung out with him one time outside of work, all just me and him for some reason. I don't know why. Hmm. Can't remember. Anyway, dude, it was just a great group of people. It was a great group of people. We had fun all the time. But, but that place freaking sucked. There was so much work to do. And we could never get ahead of it because we spent too much time yakking it up. Oh, man. So me and Chris, we decided, dude, there's so many crazy things that happened there. So many wild stories, people saying wild things, people just acting wild, um, rumors, not rumors, real stuff. It was so crazy. It was wild. Um that we were like, dude, we should make a TV show about this store. Obviously, turn it up to 11 because it's already at 10. It just needs that little extra boost. We should write our own sitcom about this. So we, he's like, yeah, Hulu actually has a thing you can submit your shows to, your your your, your show ideas to. I was like, really? Dude, that's genius. Let's do it. So... Me and Chris, we sat down for like a whole summer and we would write. He had like this, this um, script writing program. And so me and him would write. And Chris was really good at coming up with plots. 
And but <laughs> Chris was not good at coming up with. He was not good at making them funny. He'd come up with like a funny premise or or a good plot idea. But dude, I remember he had this one episode, and it was about one of uh, it was about the lady in the seafood department that you know had uh, unfortunately taken her life. So it was I'm like, this isn't an, an uncommon situation. It is uncommon, but it's not unheard of situation. So how do we take this? And you know, it was it was stunning, a, a shocking situation. So how do we? How do we, you know? People will identify with this event so how do we tell that story tell a story similar you know tell a story about a person who takes their own life that you work with um you know unexpectedly and do and and how do we you know bring some some lightness to it you know how, how do we make the situation less gravitas so we're like, let's, let's, let's do an episode on that. Let's see what we can come up with. So Chris writes out this whole entire episode. So we would take, we had a bunch of different plots, uh, a bunch of different stories. Um, and so he'd be like, okay, I'm going to write this one. You write that one. And so we would sit down and we would write out full scripts, full, you know, 30 minute kind of reads. Um, and so I get, I'm reading the, the, uh, no, you know what? It wasn't, can't even remember. I think it, it was a instead of doing um, uh, a person taking their own life, it was a murder, and we had to solve the murder. That's what it was. We kind of switched it because there was it's there's it's really hard to make taking your own life funny, so we didn't want to try. So we did a, uh, I, it was a murder, and for some reason that is funnier. So anyway, <laughs> this was years ago. This was years ago. Um, so he writes out this murder episode and so I get it and I'm reading it and it is like a Dean Koontz novel. It is not funny <laughs> at all, dude. It is a straight up like criminal minds episode. I'm like, dude, it's a great episode. Where's the funny though? <laughs> like there's nothing funny about this at all. He's like, is it too heavy? I'm like, I feel sad, honestly. I'm gripped. So um, I go in and this was a, a really good dynamic that we had. Like he was good at coming up with these premises and these, you know, story arcs where you could have like three different things happen, like the Seinfeld plot line. We have three different uh, subplots going on and they all kind of tie in. He was really good at doing the mechanics of the writing. And then I come in there with just some off the wall nonsense. And, and, and he was also very funny. So we would come up with these plots and he was good at weaving them. And then I would, you know, make sure that things were funny. Um, dude, it was so much fun to write all that. And then, so we submitted it to Hulu and they said, oh, thanks for your submission. Unfortunately, this, you know, we won't be blah, blah, blah. So we like enrolled with the Screen Actors Guild. No, Screen Writers Guild. Yeah. The Writers Guild. I don't know what it's called. It's some some Writers Guild. Um, yeah, we like got enrolled with the Writers Guild, and uh, and we submitted the thing, and they said, "Oh no, we're not going to blah blah blah." And then they made Superstore. What? 
we had written out, we had sent them our character developments. Like this character works in this department and they're this kind of person. They're, you know, the police. Um, this is like the kind of carefree kind of, you know, um, not very masculine store director who does questionable things. Um, and then there's like the love interest or there, there's like, we didn't have, we kind of married workaholics. Our version would have been superstore with workaholics. So there was three main characters. It was me, Chris and Gavin. And we, you know, we wanted a wild card kind of Gavin would have been uh, like the, What is his name? Devin Levine. What is his name? Adam Adam Levine. Wait. Is it Adam Levine? No, that's the guy from Adam Devine? Devine. Devine. Whatever his name is. Would have been like that character, kind of like the wilder one. Um, what is that guy's name? Adam Devine. There's Adam Levine and Adam Devine, I think. Whatever, dude. Anyway, it was like a workaholics meets... And then, you know, it, it set to like Superstore. It was the exact thing. So all they did is they brought in uh, a female protagonist. And instead of having three guys, they had one guy who was, you know, kind of like the the love interest, whatever, kind of klutz. That would have been my character, kind of like the, you know, out of touch, kind of clueless dude. And that's it. That's all they changed. And obviously the name of the store. That's literally all they changed. I was like, this is, this is oddly similar. I mean, Chris saw it and was immediately like, he saw the, the, the trailer for the show or like the first episode. He's like, this is our show. This is exactly our show. So then, um, I'm getting hit up by other people that I've, you know, shared the scripts with and they're like, dude, this is your show. This is exactly your show. It's like, yeah, Hulu friggin' stole my show. It's bummed, man. I could have been somebody. And it would have been so much better than Superstore. It would have been so, it was so much funnier than Superstore. By a long shot. It was way, way, way funnier than Superstore. It would have been, it would have been dynamite. It would have been absolute dynamite. Probably would have won some awards. I don't think Superstore ever won any awards. I mean, the show was so funny. Just going back and watching it, uh, not watching it, but reading some of the scripts, hilarious, dude. Chris is truly gifted. Uh, I didn't know I had it in me either. It was really fun experience. So, yeah, man. That was a good time. That was a good time working at that. You know, it's crazy, though. Going back now, I, you know, I went back to that same store just recently um, and I, this is 10 years ago ish, nine years ago. I'm like, dang, dude, there's people that are still there that are not in like management positions or anything like that. They're just, if they are, I mean, yeah, I'm just like, wow, wow, you're still here. I uh, even like people still in school I'm like bro we're the same age you were in college 10 years ago you're still in you're still in college like nothing has changed in your life that's crazy 
So yeah, it's, I get really hard. I, 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 whoa, whoa, pause. I'm really hard on myself sometimes. Um, when I think about the opportunities that I've missed, like when I first started working out and wanting to do like YouTube channel stuff, this was, it was so long ago. It was like 2010 when I first started working out and like getting into that kind of deal, um, fitness and everything. And that's like the same time that other people started that I, you know, admire and are taken over the fitness industry kind of deals. Like that's when Christian Guzman started and Max Tuning started and they, you know, just had small channels and the market was relatively unsaturated and, you know, they weren't the, you know, jacked guys they are now. They were much thinner, you know, regular looking dudes. And yeah, I mean, we're all the same age. And I'm like, dang, man, if I would have started, if I would have just started then, you know, maybe I wouldn't be the moguls they are, but dang, dude, like I could have at least been in the group, you know, and I'm not so brash to think I could have started Alphalete, you know, or or ran, you know, I could have, I could have had ever forward or anything like that and, and done all the stuff that those guys do. They're, they're, they're really gifted um, and, and, and visionaries. Um, but man, I could have, I could have done something. I could have caught some wave and, uh, yeah, so I get, I can, I can get pretty down on myself about just not following through with things. You know, we've talked about that in in the, the first episode. Um, but I do look at other side where I do run into people who are not in any different position than they've been, you know, they're, they're the same boat they've been in for 10 years and it ain't moving. And I'm like, Oh dang, like that could also be me. And I'm glad that that's not like I'm prone to that, but at least I haven't done that. Like, thank the Lord. He's allowed me to progress and find other interests and be successful in other things and have a diverse set of experiences you know, that I have stories to share and I've got, I just got other things. I've got avenues that are open to me to do. So yeah, I got to like remind myself to like, Hey, take it easy. And also it's never too late to catch a wave. Yeah. Better to catch a wave than to not ever be at the beach, you know? So yeah, maybe I don't catch the mogul wave, the tycoon wave, um, that I could have caught 10 years ago. But maybe I'll catch something, and it's better to try than to not show up at all. So, yeah, here's to trying. So, yeah, it's just yeah, it was a it was a interesting experience going back there um, recently. Definitely a little 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 bit eye opening. I'm like, oh dang man, I got to stay on my grind because uh, yeah, you just never you never know. Like you never know what experiences are open to you and you never know what opportunities are going to be there. If you just stick it out, a lot of times it's just the person that stays there the longest. That's what I'm pretty sure Guzman said that. And I think, uh, Theo Vaughn said the same thing. We're talking about podcasting. It's like, if you can just outlast the other people that'll give up, then 
you win by default. Like I think Guzman said the same thing. Like, how do you, how do you be successful in the fitness industry? And he's like, you just got to outwork everybody else. You just got to do it longer. You just got to keep going. You just got to not stop. And there's other people that may be more successful than you at the time. There's other people, but they just, they can't hang. They can't last. They, they just are not in there long enough. You know, they give up, they stop. And that's when you come in and you take over and you occupy that space. So yeah, I don't know. I kind of want to get in and start like maybe, I don't know, I'll have to see. I've always wanted to do like a fitness channel um, and like document my grow up. But it's weird to film yourself when you don't have gains, you know, when you're still, you know, I'm friggin' diced clay, but I'm not Jack Daniels, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I don't have the gains to kind of justify pulling the camera at myself and be like, what are you, what are you doing? But I go to the YMCA, there's nobody Jack there, so... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I want to do something. I want to do something. We'll see what happens. I'm going to stick with doing this for now. Stick with doing this for now. Shadow Band's doing really well. We're doing several thousand, handful thousand of views a week. Um, yeah, it's a good time. So, But yeah, that's the thing. We just got to stick through it. There's going to be other people in our space that are going to give up, that are going to stop. And we're just going to occupy that space and keep crushing it. Same with this. You know, I definitely missed the podcast wave. Should have started, should have kept doing what I was doing and just slowly evolved instead of giving up. And then, you know, but we live and we learn and we're just going to now, now we're just going to keep going. And even if we, you know, kind of lose our way in the middle and even if, you know, we get uninspired, we're just going to keep going and push through and never stop, right? Ever forward. Anyway, anyway, dude, it's friggin', it's going to be a, a dang muscle fest here soon. You guys aren't going to recognize me. It's going to be jacked city, dude. Can't wait. Friggin', <sighs> yeah. Going to get yoked. Yeah, maybe I will do something, you know, some little tips and tricks, because I know a lot about making gains. I just haven't actually put the work in myself to make them. So actually I did. Honestly, I did. But that's a story for another time. Next time, maybe. Next time we'll get into a different story. But thanks for listening. I got to share a really fun time of my life with you. You now know some of the antics at Winn-Dixie, bro. You don't even know everything, bro. You know what? I have to, I'll leave you with this just to give you a flavor of how wild the boys got at Winn-Dixie, okay? The dang card, memory full, something corrupted. It's not actually full, so I had to format everything. I'm not stopping, right? We talked about this. I'm just going to keep pressing forward. Yeah, baby. Um, so, yeah, I wanted to end with a story that just kind of illustrated, just a, just a little touch, just a little peep into how wild the boys were and just how dumb we were at, uh, at Winn-Dixie. We, um, 
you know, we did the normal stuff, riding around on pallet jacks and, you know, goofing around and seeing how long we could stay in the freezer, locking each, locking each other in the freezer, uh, you know, um, eating all the um, expired food, um, you know, just, you know, doing, uh, crashing through the milk crates and, you know, trying to get free beer off of the, uh, the, um, the beer vendor guys that would come in or what, you know, we just did, we did normal, you know, crazy, you know, just, just normal fun stuff. But we all left around the same time within like just a few months of each other. Um, me and KJ, we went off, I did some law enforcement, uh, KJ also went into like security and then law enforcement and Christian left to go do something. He looks like, a, I don't know what he, I don't know what he does now. Um, one Chris left to go do something else. Another Chris left to go do something else. Uh, Robert eventually got out of there. He's got a good job now. Um, so we all sort of, we all sort of left around the same time and uh one of our going away pranks was we found a we found uh like a fruit cup that was molding and we just left it you know we we didn't we didn't touch it we just kind of left it there and we would come back and we would check on it periodically and it would be more moldy and more moldy. So we decided, Hey, you know what? I think we named it Steve. Let's take the moldy cup, this moldy fruit cup. And I I was like, I'm going to climb up to the rafters, right? Or just way high up. There was like this chicken coop fenced off area, like above the bathrooms. I'm like, I'm going to put, let's make a mold pile. I said, let's make a mold pile, dude. So me and, uh, well, no. We don't know who did this. We don't know who actually did it. It was one of our ideas. My memory is foggy on whose actual idea it is, but we don't know who did it. Still a mystery to this day. Who made Steve the moldy pile? So... Rumor has it, legend has it, that somebody got beef, raw beef, uh, dairy, fruit, vegetables, and kind of just packed it into this moldy fruit cup and stuck it up above the bathrooms and left it there just waiting. It was dark, it was moist, it was disgusting, and just let it sit. The back room would get so musty, so humid, and we it was like nice and dark and damp where we put it. Just the perfect place for funk and foulness to just grow. So, yeah, that was our... That was our little backroom legend. Nobody knows what happened. Nobody knows what happened. 
probably not there anymore. Someone probably found it because it was muy bien disgusting. Mucho grosso. So, uh, yeah, man, it was a good time. And I'm, I'm glad for the experience, but I'm glad I've moved on, you know? And I'll move on to something else. Bigger and better things always. I think all the guys that, uh, that I worked with, all good guys, all great guys, miss them all. I think we've all moved on to, to bigger and better things. And, yeah, man, I'm just keeping on with that creative outlet. And, you know, it was, it was, uh, yeah, it was a real punch in the gut from Hulu. They owe me and Chris a, uh, a big, a big apology, big apology. You know what they owe us? They owe us a shot. Anybody works at Hulu, you owe me and Chris a shot, dude. You stole our show and you made a garbage version of it. You owe us a show. Thanks for watching. I'll see you in the next one.